Hi, welcome back to the Commented Podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Marin. And I'm Nia. And today we're doing a little side recap and review of the 2021 Netflix film Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up is an American science fiction film written and produced and directed by Adam McKay, who is known for Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Ant-Man, and Step Brothers. And he was assisted in producing by Kevin Messick, who worked on most of the same movies. It's starting, it's starring Leonardo DiCaprio as Dr. Randall Mendy, a astronomy professor at Michigan State University, Jennifer Lawrence as Kate DiBiaschi, a MSU doctoral candidate in astronomy, Rob Morgan as Dr. Teddy Oglethorpe, the head of the Planetary Defense Coordination Office, which we recently found out is a real thing, um, Jonah Hill as Jason Orlean, the son of the president and her chief of staff, uh, Meryl Streep as President Janie Orlean, who is the president of the United States, Mark Rylance as Peter Urshawell, uh, tech billionaire CEO of Bash and one of Orleans' top donors, Kate Blanchett as Brie Avante, co-host of a morning show called The Daily Rib, Tyler Perry as Jack Brimmer, another co-host of The Daily Rib, Timothy Chalamet, who I missed the first time we were recording this because I didn't, I don't remember I said his name at all. I don't think I did. <laughs> but Timothy Chalamet <laughs> as Yule, a... Young, wait, Timothy Chalamet as Yule, a young shoplifter that Kate befriends towards the end of the movie. Ron Perlman, the Colonel, I keep saying Colonel, Colonel Benedict Drask, a war veteran and presidential medal of freedom recipient. Ariana Grande as Riley Bina, a popular international music star. Scott Miscuddy, uh, a.k.a. Kid Cudi, as DJ Cello, another pop star, and Riley's fiance. And yeah, that's the whole cast. The main cast, at least. And basically, the movie tells the story of two astronomers attempting to warn humanity about an approaching comet that will destroy human civilization. The impact is... And the impact event is an allegory for climate change. And the film is kind of like a satire of government, uh, political and media indifference to climate crisis. So before we start the kind of in-depth movie recap, what did you guys, if you can remember, think of the movie from like the initial trailer trailer from like months ago? Um, I, I thought it was not going to be... A- more of a direct like like the show was the movie was about going to be about something we messed did wrong that relate led to our like the human race ending or something mm-hmm. but like directly something related to climate change rather than commentary on it and i thought it was going to be a lot more i thought it's going to be more of a parody than it was or more of a, like a joke of a movie than it was okay what about you nia yeah, honestly, same. I just thought it was going to be one of those uh, parody movies like uh, Mad TV or like one of those, like, what do you call it? Like, I feel like there was a brand of type or a genre type of movie. Disaster like movies. Early- yeah, like, yeah. Like one of those or like one of those comedies that was based off like scary movie. I thought it was mm. literally going to be like scary movie because it's just like straight up jokes making fun of this. Like, but this was actually serious, had serious undertones. It was kind of like a real even I feel like they could have still made this movie even without the humor intentions Mm -hmm. and it still would have been pretty good. Um, But yeah, I just thought it would be like a parody movie. What did you think? Yeah, pretty much same for me. Um, The initial trailer, I remember us in the group chat being like, 
okay, like none of these people are funny except for like Jonah Hill. So like, how's this going to work out as a comedy movie? And the director himself, he done he's done a lot of comedy, especially with like Will Ferrell. So it was like kind of like everybody else said, I just thought it was going to be a parody. But watching it, I was like surprised in a good way that it was like kind of serious. It was still funny in an ironic way, but it was way more serious than I was expecting. Right. <clears throat> okay. So now for a recap. And of course, we're going to like probably miss some stuff so yeah but anyways the movie starts off showing dr mindy kate and a bunch of other msu astronomers and phd candidates doing their daily work kate while observing exploding stars notices what appears to be a comet heading towards our solar system she alerts dr mindy and at first they're elated to discover something new but their elation quickly turns into dread upon realizing that this mountain-sized comet is heading directly toward earth and that its impact will cause the end of all human life dr mindy contacts their fellow scientists in higher places uh aka nasa who puts them in direct contact with the head of the planetary defense coordination dr teddy oglethorpe and he sets them up to meet with the president of the United States, Janie Orlean, in her cabinet. So to preface her character a little bit, she's literally Donald Trump, but like mm-hmm. a female. Also, Meryl Streep's wig looked really good in this movie. <laughs> like, right. It was really, really hit good. Me. <laughs> yeah. hit me until right now that that was definitely a wig. I thought they just yeah. put extensions on her and kept it pushing. <laughs> it might have been extensions, but her hair looked nice. Like It, it looked did. really nice. Okay, so the meeting does not go as everyone had hoped because President Orlean and her son are her son Jonah Hill, Jason Orlean are more concerned with getting control of a political scandal that is breaking out instead of the news that the world is about to end. Um, and I think that's also because like her reelection is coming up or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she wants to get like her numbers up and shit so she this, can get reelected. This was also the first okay something in the i don't this was the first time in the film that i remember that this was supposed to be satire because the title sequence of her throwing up and then it cuts to don't look up i was like oh yeah this is gonna be satire i was like okay yeah 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 that's so true because at first when it first opened like you see like freaking technology and coffee and shit it's like oh this is kind of serious okay but after meeting with Janie, um they're kind of like okay we're gonna monitor the situation i have quotes around that because they don't give a fuck about it they're gonna monitor the situation more before later deciding on a course of action this of course greatly dissatisfies kate I didn't say enough about Kate's character, but, like, if you haven't watched the movie, she's kind of, like, how do I describe her? She's, like, think of, like, a liberal in your head, like, a young liberal who was on Tumblr in 2012. (laughs) Think of that kind of person. Yeah, think of that kind of person in your head, and that's who she is. Like, Tumblr 2012-2016 era. That's what it's kind of giving. But, but yeah, this, of course, greatly dissatisfies Kate, um, Dr. Mindy, and Dr. Oglethorpe. So they decide that they're going to take matters into their own hands and try to alert the public about the incoming danger by going on a wildly popular morning show, The Daily Rip. Before the show in the green room, they meet Riley Bina, a.k.a. Ariana Grande, who was on the show to discuss her new album and recent public breakup with Dr. Cello. 
So during this scene, I didn't put this in my notes, but Dr. Mindy, um, he tries to kind of comfort Riley about the breakup by saying like, you know, I don't really know who you are because I don't really listen to music like that, but I'm sad that that happened to you. And she turns to him and says, what did she say? She was like, mind your business, you old fuck. (laughs) I was kind of like, I was so shocked because she changed so fast. Like she went from like this very cheery kind of innocent pop star to like this very like bitchy, like get the fuck out my face, mind your business type person. So quick. Yeah, like, at a drop of a hat. Like, she was just... Okay. So, before uh, Min- Dr. Mindy and Kate have their chance to have their interview, Riley does her interview first, and she reveals during her interview that she would like to get back to- together with Dr. Cello, which causes a huge social media frenzy, especially considering mm-hmm. the fact that the co-host of the show already had him on air waiting in a call to speak to her live on television. And I believe during this scene, he proposes to her. Maybe. I'm not sure. He does? Okay. And then everyone's like, oh my God, true love. And I'm like, y'all. Yeah. Oh, another thing I forgot to put in there. As soon as this happens, people's phones, like they have like, okay, so Bash. Yeah, Bash is (laughs) basically like, Bash is basically like what, Apple? It's like Apple mixed with Tesla and Google. And Amazon too. And Amazon. It's like, think of all the big tech companies mixed together. So, when this happens, people's phones, their bash phones, supposed to be like an iPhone, automatically buys her new album. Like when the when she starts trending, <laughs> and if anybody's old enough, you you lived through the chaos that was the U two album being forced on everybody's phones. Yeah, like it's like that, but you have to pay for it. So it's like they're forcibly taking your money without you t- pressing a button. Damn, Sounds I really like forgot torture. about that whole YouTube thing. Like, they Listen, really just forced that whole album on We have battle scars, y'all. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Those of us <clears> who <throat> had to wake up and see, who, I, where does this album come? And you couldn't delete it. See, that's that's terrorism. That's that's terror. <laughs> Apple gave us no choice. They said, you're keeping this album. And even though you want to get rid of it, you can't delete it. Oh, and then in, in a pending future where you have no choice and then they make you pay, they go in your bank account. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. this is wild. Okay, so Kate and Dr. Minnie go ahead and start their interview on the show. Um, and once again, their whole plan is to try to alert the general public about the comment and get everybody's attention. Um, this fails miserably because the co-hosts Jack and Bree have a very nonchalant, bright and cheery, fake, you know, media personality attitude. And every time they receive negative news, they're like making a joke of it. This pisses off Kate, and she has a breakdown on national television, like, full screaming and crying. As a result of the breakdown, social media kind of turns her into a meme, (laughs) which would really happen in real life if this did happen. Um, Because I can just see the tweets in my head right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, if this actually happened. (laughs) Okay, so they turn her into a meme, and uh, Leo, Leo... Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I forgot his Not name for Leo. a second. <laughs> yeah, I'll say Leo. I'm going to call him real quick after this. Like, oh yeah, I reviewed your movie. <laughs> but yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Dr. Mindy, becomes America's sexiest scientist and an AILF astronomer I'd like to fuck. And, you know, gets pretty popular. 
Um, also, people are more concerned with Dr. Cello and Riley Bina's engagement news than anything they heard about the comment. Right after this, Kate and Dr. Mindy are kidnapped and brought to the White House by the FBI for revealing classified information. And upon their arrival, they're confronted by President Orlean, 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 whatever, and Jason, who let them know that they have decided to take the comment more seriously. Of course, the only reason they are now taking action is to bring President Orlean's approval ratings up because, once again, she's about to be, like, midterms or re-election or something. Yeah. Okay. A team of, of astronomers, White House staff, and the CEO of tech company Bash, Peter Urshwell, plus his scientists gather together to formulate a plan to destroy the comet. They ultimately decide on nuking it with C- Colonel Benedict Drask, a war veteran and Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient, piloting the spacecraft that will carry the bombs. On the day of the mission, everything seems to be going well, but suddenly, right after the launch of the rocket, Peter Urshwell calls for President Orlean's attention. Then mid-flight, the rocket carrying the bomb suddenly changes course to return back to Earth, aborting the mission. I don't mean to interrupt, but like, okay, this this scene kind of confused me because I'm like, he just came in for a second and then talked to her. And then, so how did he, did he redirect the bombs himself? Like, does he have the yeah. power to do that? What pretty much happened, so he was already on the, um, he was on the team for the initial mission, right? And, like, once again, remember that he is, like, a huge donor to her campaign. So Mm. she values his his opinion a lot. Basically, we'll listen to whatever he says because he gave her a lot of money. And so when he was, like, watching the launch and he's like, hey, come over here, he kind of told her, like, let's stop the mission because what I... um, Marin will say next what happens. Also, another thing I forgot to put in the notes that, that was kind of funny. So this colonel or whatever, <laughs> when he's like in the rocket, <laughs> you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> when he's in the rocket, he's giving like a bunch of like shout outs to people and shit like that. He was like, shout out to the Indians, both of them. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> was like all the, the ones with working the- white people. Yeah, he was like, shout out to all the hardworking white people. Shout out to all the Indi- all the Indians, the ones with the elephants and the ones with the spears or something like that. And then like, you just, it cuts to the scene of the people in mission control and they're like, he's from a different era, you know? <laughs> Give him a break. I and like, he... What? No, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Marin. Oh, so I thought you were going to talk about the fact that the military guy made them pay for some peanuts and water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that. And I was like, the White House makes you pay for some bag of peanuts and water. I was like, yeah, what? that was another thing I forgot to mention. So like way back towards the beginning, when they first were about to meet with the president, they had locked him in a room for like seven hours. And like, was it him? Was it the colonel guy who came in there or was it another military guy? It was another military guy, I think. I think that's why I didn't write it because I couldn't remember who exactly did it. But a different, like, high-ranking Pentagon officer, like, gave them snacks but made them pay for it. And then they learned later that all the snacks are actually free. And so one thing, one recurring thing throughout this movie is Kate, like, being confused and like mulling over the fact that she had to pay for free snacks like, like randomly out of nowhere she'd be like why did he make us pay for the snacks like which honestly to me great funny, <laughs> <laughs> funny because you're so right why did he make y'all pay for it yeah okay, okay. you can go ahead 
Everyone is confused as to why the mission is suddenly aborted and an emergency meeting is held. Moments later, Peter Urshwell, CEO of Bash, arrives to let everyone know that the mission to save the planet from the planet-destroying comet was aborted because scientists at Bash discovered that there are hundreds of trillions of dollars worth of minerals in the comet. Urshwell reveals that the new plan is to attach a bunch of drones to the comet and blow it up into smaller asteroids and let them hit the Earth so that the minerals can be harvested. Peter says that the money these minerals will produce will end world hunger, social injustice, you know, a bunch of bullshit, really. He just wants it for his company. Yeah, the whole time when he was saying all that shit about ending world hunger, I was literally rolling my eyes because you know for a fact, like, he's going to use that money for his company. Like, literally, he's not going to put it towards any kind of... I mean, he might donate to get, like, you know, a tax break, but that's about it. Right. Dr. Mindy becomes head of this project in collaboration with Bash and numerous world scientists. This, of course, leads him to become a huge public figure, and he begins having an affair with Daily's, Daily Rip co-host Brie Avante. Kate is not a part of the project and is even forced to sign an NDA by the FBI after she alerted everyone in a bar of the reason the original mission was stopped. Kate returns home to her family, who tells her that they don't want any politics in their household, and begins working at a local grocery store. Dr. Mindy and Bree are confronted by Dr. Mindy's wife, June, about the affair, where the whole encounter ends with June leaving and the affair ultimately continuing. So, like, one of my favorite lines from this whole scene is when Kate Blanchett um, was like, or Bree, she was like, oh, can we just skip this part, please, where you get to feel self-righteous and we put our tails between our legs. It's just so boring. Because usually in movies, when there's, like, a confrontation cheating scene, it's, like, this whole like dramatic event with like a lot of screaming and crying and like the women fighting but like Brie was straight up like I'm fucking your husband what are you gonna do about it like are you gonna leave or are you gonna try to stay and that bitch role too yeah yeah and even June was like you know what you're right like I'm about to yell at you (laughs) (laughs) also I forgot to write notes in this um when Kate goes back to work at the grocery store. This is where she meets uh, Yule, Timothy Chalamet. To me, y'all, this is the funniest scene in the entire movie because this man rolls up looking like, like, oh my God, the way they have this man dressed, like they have whatever hair they gave him, a mullet slash wig slash whatever. It's just, it's hilarious. And then he's like, wait, you're the girl from TV. And she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you are. I'm actually, I'm. we're all big fans of you. He has you on your skateboard. Can we call somebody? And then the guy's like, yo. It's just <laughs> that whole scene had me dying. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. The Bash project is seemingly going well. However, Dr. Mindy confronts Peter Urshwell about how the project is not following any scientific protocol and how any researcher that questions Urshwell's methods and intentions is being fired. Dr. Mindy says something about Peter being a businessman, which sets Peter off. He reveals that Bash programs can predict how someone will die and tells Dr. Mindy that his life is insignificant and that he will die alone. Dr. Mindy goes into the daily rip one last time to try and express how dire the current situation is, but ends up having a breakdown very similar to the one Kate had and for the exact same reasons. Dr. Mindy is removed from the project and decides to head back home to repair the situation with his family. Kate is in Illinois. Illinois? Illinois? You don't say Mm -hmm. the S, right? I think you skipped the S, yeah. Okay, I had to make sure. With her new lover, Yule, uh, played by Timothy Chamelay. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Chamelay? 
How do I say his last name? It's like uh, it's Chalamet, but that reminds me how people mess up like Noah Centennial Centineo. Having a deep conversation about religion and making out when she noticed that the comet is so close to the earth that it is now visible to the naked eye. Simultaneously, Dr. Mindy notices, notices the same thing from inside of his car and stops in the middle of the street, blocking traffic to get out and get a better look. He calls Kate and they decide they will once again team up with Dr. Oglethorpe to take matters into their own hands. Yes. And then, um, so the next part is the team begins a campaign of their own social, of their own on social media to bring awareness to the comet and go on shows such as Sesame Street <laughs> to let everyone <laughs> yeah. know about Bash's plans to let the world potentially be destroyed for money. This finally catches everyone's attention and people globally begin to trend the phrase, just look up, alluding to the fact that the comet has, are, has been real this whole time. And if you can see it with your own eyes now, it's not some fake fictional thing. Yeah. Conversely, the Orlean administration and her supporters, along with many non-believers, say the situation is not as serious as people are making it. And they begin to trend the phrase, don't look up. There, uh, yeah. So that was like the in the notes. I put like some quotes from the movie. This quote is um, it's from Jason, the chief of staff, uh, the president's son, and I can't remember where exactly it takes place. I know for a fact that he was at some kind of freaking like it wasn't the rally in front of the White House. It was a different one, right? And he said like, (laughs) "There's three types of American people. There are you, the working class, us, the cool rich, and then them." I'm sorry, but we need them. We need them because you build us up to fight them. The working class, the lower. And I'm like... <laughs> and he's like, do y'all understand me? And Meryl Streep is like, no, actually, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that kills me is like the people are cheering for him when he said this shit, right? And I'm like, you realize he just called you like lesser humans, right? <laughs> like he's, he's telling you that you're like lower people. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then that reminds me, wasn't there another scene of him? I think it was like, that might be later when he's like praying for stuff. Yeah, that's at the end where the launch is about to happen. Okay, okay. We'll get to that later then. And then also the funny thing, this like, the fact that seeing what people are doing is wild to see like in real time. Like they hold ryan uh what's the what's her name riley bina who is played by ariana grande has the for the real last concert on earth to save the world where she sings just look up a song meant to bring awareness to the situation some of the lyrical highlights include look up what he's really trying to say is get your head out of your ass listen to your goddamn qualified scientists we really fucked it up fucked it up this time listen (laughs) that concert i was like y'all we're y'all about to die and you're having a concert yes okay and did y'all see the comments like it was a live stream did you see y'all said i I don't think i looked at them what did it say the comments were like spending the last time looking at my queen um (laughs) rena perform like it was it was like all typical stan comments and then yeah it was like y'all are dying literally and you're listening to your live tweeting the last day on earth (laughs) hilarious and then, um, okay, moving on. Simultaneously, a Trump-esque rally is being held outside of the White House where a few non-believers happen to look up and see that the comet is clear as day. The rally turns into a riot once the non-believers realize they have been lied to. Sometime during the, con- the sequence of all the events previously mentioned, Chris Evans, he just shows <laughs> up. Listen, I said, is that Chris Evans? No, no me. Because I literally was like, voice. Chris? I was like, is that a Chris? <laughs> And of he course, was, it was like, who is this man? And then I heard his voice. I was like, 
is that is that Mr. Evans? I, could, I did not recognize him for 10 seconds. Right? And then he makes a cameo in the film as a pretentious Hollywood actor who believes that Americans should stop being so divided and that you can look up and down. I said, not this man trying to play both sides. What That's what, what I was like, too. And I like, think that it was really funny to me because like, I think Chris, earlier in his career, he made like a similar comment to that did he so i feel like he did like years ago like long time ago like when he was like newer he was like oh like he was one of those people like oh i could see both sides to everything blah 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 <laughs> and i was like oh so you're making fun of yourself now like this is really funny well at least that's good that shows growth because yeah her, this like it's a comet's about to kill y'all not y'all trying to politicize a comet that's like I, I, yeah I get here but um and so um, he says, Americans should stop being so divided and you can look up and down and is on media tour for his new movie, Total Devastation, that is about a group of heroes saving the world from a comet. It is also revealed during these events that numerous other nations have been cut from the Bash project and that the UN is considering creating its own mission. The day of the Bash mission comes and things are off to a rocky start as few of the Bash drones fail to even launch, like immediately. Like it's, it's yeah. two seconds in and things are exploding. And then, and, and what's his name? Peter's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, sir, is, is it really fine? Um, yeah. While this is happening, Kate, Mindy, and Yule are out grocery shopping to have dinner at Mindy's home. Also in like, um, this was random, but like this whole scene where they're in the car and then Leonardo DiCaprio is like, I, I hear the Mills brothers. Like I'm, this is an old group from the fifties black group from mm-hmm. like, and then like he's, he literally, and I'm like, not him educating folks on the Mills brothers during a movie. We love to see the promotion. But, right. Um, I didn't even know that until you just said that. Oh, wow. Right. No, no, no. Like he, cause he has like a whole breakdown. He's like, Duke Ellington found this group. They're this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay. I love to see it. Also the music in this, it's a lot of black or older artists. Um, at first I was kind of c- concerned because there was only hip hop in the first time. And so I was like, please don't let this be like. Oh, like Wu-Tang Clan uh, uh, and stuff. Yeah. I was like, please don't let it be like where the TikTok kids get a hold of this and start researching Wu-Tang and like <laughs> naughty by nature. But no, I was like, okay, giving us some music, edu- black his- music hit- history education. Go look up the Mills Brothers, y'all. Um, and then so he Yule proposes to Kate in the car ride. Very cute. Very cute. Um and I kind of like. Oh, mind like, you, though, they've known each other for less than a couple two days. days. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, like, it's like the way that he, um, like, their thing, well, for her is to be like, he'll be like, oh, do you want to make out or you want to do this? And she's like, sure, why not? And he's like, why not? But it turns into like how she replies to his proposal. And it's kind of cute. It kind of is a little, cute, a yeah. little whap patty. It's very cute. Um, you know, Timothy then, Chalamet has a very uh, Wattpad face, so <laughs> it makes sense. Very a- perfect for Wattpad. Yeah. Um, then, uh, so then af- after the car ride, the highway and stores are very empty. Everyone's home. And then also, and when they're in the store, you can see literally people in the background rushing out of the store, like with food. Yeah. It's, that was kind of a wild like juxtaposition like they're just calmly grocery shopping and then everyone else is like running and panicking um, yeah. yeah 
And then so everyone is at home watching the bash launch back at the bash mission control. Things are not going that great as they continue to lose more and more drones. Some of the drones finally implant into the comet and explode, but everyone is unsure of the success of the mission. Ishuel says, leaves saying that he needs to go to the restroom <laughs> and Orlean <laughs> has listen. Like y'all, like they, the, like most of the drones don't connect only like a couple of them do. And then when this thing explodes, it's like not even taking a dent not even taking a crumb out of this comet, y'all. Yeah, like, the whole time these comets are launched, every every time they lose a drone, like, you hear Jason ask, like, oh, well, like, how many can we lose? And, like, Isherwell never gives them a straight answer because they didn't calculate. They didn't calculate for, like, the chance that they lose more um, drones than they meant to. And to me, that kind of shows how, like, arrogant he is as a character. Like, his yeah. character is supposed to be because like and like the scientific research method you're supposed to account for all these things and that goes back to what freaking dr mindy was saying earlier like you're not following the correct protocol you're firing everybody who has a different opinion than you things are not going straight and look what happened in the end <laughs> exactly like he was just like just get it peer reviewed and he's like trying to say oh well your life sucks it's like sir it looks like you're pretty much miserable too like yeah what with them and fake then, ass veneers oh on my his God. teeth his fa- y'all his face he looks like a robot like he looks not human <laughs> yeah the like, way he talks too is very like one tone <laughs> it's mark zuckerberg during his <laughs> any yeah. press conference mm-hmm. but um then and so they both go to the restroom of course they do and then it is revealed that the comet is still mostly intact. And the only thing that the drone did was break off a few pieces. So the thing is still the size of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. With the mission being complete failure, the mission control dissolves into pe- a complete chaos with the staff and scientists running away from the room in panic. I felt really bad for them folks because I was like, now how are you going to abandon the people who are helping you? And then now they've just stuck at the control room, furiously running to find their family. It's like, listen, like I know they're part some people anybody who works for like the the bad people I get it they're problematic too but like come on now like yeah at the end of the day they just like they just needed a job probably and that's right. why they're working there right and then we see in the next scene that Urshwell and Orlean are not were in, not in fact in the restroom <laughs> but actually <laughs> left to go to a cryo chamber rocket that will be taking a few thousand or hundred people to a new planet um or like the new earth I think they came back to earth like it was timed so that when earth is re evolved to like having oxygen and like greenery and stuff, they would come back. Um, No, what actually happened is like, I don't know if you remember this, but he specifically said that the technology in the, um, in the rocket was like designed to find the closest planet that is similar to earth. And it it traveled like for a few like thousand light years or something like that. So it was like, they didn't, Oh, I'm okay. I didn't know that. I thought that they did. Like, I think they went to a whole different like solar system and everything. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. So I th- see. In my mind, I thought that they were just sitting up there in in our solar system, waiting for like Earth to go through that eventual like rebirth kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I mean, if they found a new planet, that's yeah. Thanks for telling me. I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah. So um, then, so they take them to a new planet. It's just one similar to Earth, right? And yeah. then Orlean calls Mindy to offer him a place on the ship, but he declines. 
Um, Orlean realizes after the call that she left her son behind. <laughs> okay, so this, so before this, but when before he calls her, the three Yule, Kate, and uh, Doctor Mindy go back to his wife, his first, his original wife, and um, he kind of asks, like, "Can we have dinner together?" And it's a very sweet. Um, and then, like, I like that that they all decide to like spend their last moments together. Like, mm-hmm. he can see his yeah. sons. They had a really nice dinner together. Um, it's like that that was sort of like a rekindling of that moment. Um, and then the irony that Orlean realizes that she left her son there and the man is still sitting in the control room. He's yeah, like, the whole time he's still holding her Birkin bag and he's like, she'll be right. She'll be back. You know, she, she right. just went away for a second. She'll be back. Right. And I was like, well, sir, you're you got abandoned. Um, then Dr. Oglethorpe rely, rely, arrives at the house. And like, like I like we just said, they had their last dinner where they have try to have light conversation. Um, and it's really sweet. They talk about everything they're thankful for, how they tried and they tried really hard as the house begins to shake. And then the comet, um, and asteroids begin hitting the earth. It's like that whole scene, the way they did the camera work, mm-hmm. it's like, you can feel the tension building cause you can feel it getting closer. At yeah. first it's just like a little shake and then it turns into like a big rumble. Then the power starts to flicker. It was, that was really sad. Um, mm-hmm. The movie then shows consequence sequences of the asteroids making impact in different places globally. And it ends in, with back in the Mindy household with everyone holding hands as they're killed by the impact of the comet, showing that contrary to what Ishwell's algorithm predicted, Mindy did not die alone. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. that I didn't realize he, it until I watched it again. I was like, oh, so you were wrong. <laughs> right. He was very wrong. And, all, and also, he's wrong in the next part, too. Okay. In the credit scenes, when we see that, that the Bash cryochamber ship lands on some planet that can sustain human life. Everyone exits the ship when it lands. People are a lot older than I expected. No, for real. Like, they picked all of the, literally the oldest of the bunch not people who yeah yeah they pick because you yeah go ahead i was gonna say because usually when like people like make stories about like gathering humans on the ship even in video games like freaking um fallout like gathering a bunch of humans to like repopulate the earth or whatever it's all young people but when, when you notice when everybody gets off the ship they're like elder they're like they're not some of them are elderly like straight up elderly yeah. but a lot of people are like probably like their late 50s and and i think older to me that represents that all these billionaires and mm-hmm. like at this time, like probably trillionaires, all these big rich people who most likely are old, they probably came together and were like, well, we got to save ourselves, but they aren't thinking realistically about like y'all are 60 something. How, why are, but that's the thing. They're so greedy. They're so selfish. They just want their ticket. Yeah. Um, they probably did buy like a ticket, like a reserve, a reserve spot on the freaking right. rocket. Exactly. And then, okay, and so then everyone exits the ship when it lands and they convene together and just as they discuss the casualties along the way and what the next course of action is. And keep in mind, they're all naked. They have no weapons, no armor, no mm-hmm. nothing, just them. And then Orlean, with her dumb self, just goes up to some random dinosaur-looking animal reptile creature and just is like, oh, you're so cute, sis. And then she gets her head eaten off. And then that's that's comes back to like how he predicted that she would die by that certain creature. Yeah, I don't um, remember the name, but he kept saying like, "Oh, we predicted you're going to be killed by this, but we don't know what that is yet." Exactly. And then he was like, "Oh, it's this." Like yeah. Right. And then it's shown that uh, did he survive? Yeah. Oh no, he. So he. It shows that Jason Orlean's van impact and puts out his phone to make a laugh. Yeah, and another after credit really? scene. 
yeah oh, oh did you one? miss that part yeah. okay mm-hmm. so after that after credit scene if you wait a little bit there's another one right and what happens is suddenly you see a hand that's holding like a birkin bag <laughs> raise out the rubble and then like he dusts himself off and it's jason he's like mom where are you and then he's like oh i'm the last man on earth and he pulls out his phone and starts vlogging wait is it okay i saw the first one and i thought i tried to go search through and see if there was anything else and i didn't see it i'm gonna look while we talk because i'm shocked wow so he- yeah um, you might want to look it up on youtube just to see instead of like trying to scroll through the movie because it was like at the very end right marion or something yeah, very end because i was i did the same thing i was scrolling through to try to see if there was another one i missed it like three times trying to get to, to land on the scene oh wow i'm looking at it now <laughs> not him <laughs> Not him being fully like unscathed, just like no no bruises, no scratches. Just this is hilarious. Yeah, wow. and that is pretty much the end of the movie. I was trying to say something else. Let me try to remember what I was about to say. Oh my god, it was something. Oh no, no. There's also I forgot one thing too. When the okay. lady, when um she is getting eaten by when Orleans getting eaten by that creature, more of the creatures show up and surround these people. So it's implied that they all get eaten immediately after waking up, which I think is ironic. Like they they mm-hmm. save their own skins of the human race to live, and then as soon as they wake up, they're already gonna get eaten. Just like yeah, but that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and that was the end of the movie. I was gonna say something about the movie that's something that happened but i literally oh i know what it is okay i forgot to mention when i was listing off the people who are starring in the movie and what their role is so jonah hill in an interview for his role as jason orlean he said that his inspiration for his character is that he thought what if fire festival was a person and that person had power (laughs) in the white house and that's where he got his inspiration for the character from and like when you watch the movie he literally he hit the nail on the head like right he felt like chet hanks a lot to me yes i was gonna say that as well like literally chet hanks and then that's like spot on because he it's giving like white rich but also using broken aave to sound Mm -hmm. cool like Mm -hmm. I his, wear supreme every day tight white guy. His inappropriate inappropriate comments to Meryl Streep's character were has to definitely be a reference to Trump making those comments about his Oh daughter. about his daughter. Oh, yes. Yeah. He was like, Oh yeah, I would never like what other, can you name another president you want to see in Playboy or whatever? He's like, This is the hottest president you've ever seen or something like that. I'm what? like, bro, that's your mom. <laughs> and then his also his like I think you mentioned before Corey about his comments before launch. Like he's like, also y'all Oh yeah, we're should be that. safe. But things he said, like, <laughs> like literally too. before while they were doing the launch mission, which was broadcasted on national television, of course, like the final one, um, they were doing a prayer. And then Orlean turns to her son and she's like, do you want to do a prayer as well? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I noticed people are praying for like, you know, people and that's all go cool or whatever. But I want to pray for stuff, you know, cool <laughs> stuff like designer bags and TVs. Let's pray for all this stuff. And then everybody's kind of just staring at him like the fuck did you just say but okay so this is like the wrap up final part um notes section so um i don't know what i want to ask first i might want to just talk about the reviews okay Okay, actually did you guys like this movie i'm gonna just start with that yeah i did it's you know kind of very real but Mm -hmm. and 
a way that doesn't make you have a panic attack while you're watching the film because um, climate change information can be very like, oh, wow, this world is about to end and we're the reason why. But this makes mm-hmm. it like digestible, you know? Yeah, yeah. When what about you, Nia? Did you like the movie? Like in general, did you do? How did you, yeah. Uh, I liked it. Um, I I really thought it was a well-made movie. I didn't expect it to be this good in terms of just like moviness. Does that, I, I don't know if that's yeah. a word. Like I thought it was going to be less uh, well-made, but like it was very good. I, I just was, it's frustrating to watch because you see that people, especially since we're living in COVID times and we're seeing that there's literally nothing that is putting, bringing people together. And I think it's where like the comet represents like the extreme of that, like, like even if there's comic literally we tell you the day the time and the hour mm-hmm. it's coming mm-hmm. y'all still will be on your behinds talking yep. about oh don't it's a pol- it's a political they're just trying to trick you it's like mm-hmm. you're li- like there's and it shows like to the extreme of this like there's nothing that could literally bring all of humanity together at all and mm-hmm. i think that's it's frustrating to watch cuz the good people don't deserve but it's also I like how they give the the billionaire sort of retribution at the end like they think they won but they really didn't win so mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason why I like I like the movie a lot as well. I watched it like the first week it came out. And so the reason why I'm asking why you liked it is because after I watched the movie, I happened to go on Twitter to look at reviews of the movie. And to my surprise, a lot of critics, like actual movie critics, had a very poor view of the movie. Like they gave really? it very yeah, like not regular people, but critics themselves, like CNN critics and stuff like that. They had negative reviews. And like some of the reviews says stuff like, oh, don't look up as a fun movie when you watch it as a casual comedy with a powerful cast telling a ridiculous story. However, things start to fall apart when you try to look at the movie as a commentary and satire to real world events. And another review, ultimately, don't look up is more than just a mean spirit. Is wait, ultimately, don't look up is more than just mean spirited and smug. It's aggressively both of those things. And then someone else said, (laughs) the film's negativity indicts, like accuses Adam McKay of whatever and insults his audience. (laughs) Right? And and then the last, (laughs) no, no. And then the last review I want to highlight, somebody from Fox News said, if I wanted to get preached at, I'd just go to church. So I was like... I was genuinely nah. shocked because I really enjoyed this movie. I yeah. thought it was very good. I think, but, you know what this? I think mm-hmm. hit dogs are hollering because yeah. they see themselves in the billionaires and they don't like yeah. it. This movie literally... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mary. This movie... This might answer another... I'm going to kind of answer the question that you have on here. It says, what kind of message did you get from this movie? But... Mm-hmm. The comment that says this is a ridiculous story, what part of this is ridiculous? The whole movie is a comment on, you know, climate change. But in this film, there's an actual comment about to destroy the earth and we do nothing. Versus right now, when people constantly tell you about how climate change is real, and it's not even like climate change is not something that's going to happen in the future. It's happening now, but no one is taking it seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not Mm -hmm. a ridiculous story. It's talking about what is happening today. Exactly. And the thing is, you don't even have to, if you just read, like, to me, what's wild is that they automatically are just like so aggressively anti this movie when it's like, just watch the movie. Y'all be watching stuff that literally has worse everything. 
compared to this like just yeah. i feel because like they they feel guilty a lot of these they probably are guilty of trying to be climate change deniers or trying to say oh why do we need this it's like why are you so upset like i don't get to me that means hit dogs they feel attacked yeah because they they see themselves in as the people who yeah. let the earth die and so they don't like it yeah i kind of gather the same thing from the negative like every mo well not every but most negative review i saw from the movie like especially from critics themselves and even from like regular people it seemed like they didn't appreciate being made fun of and like the thing about this movie it wasn't just making fun of like what someone would say like a right leaning person it was making fun of everyone yeah, like it literally. was making fun of like of course like right leaning like more conservative people but it was also making fun of like liberal people who say that they're going to do something but just sit there like tweeting about stuff all day and like you know the hollywood how like <laughs> they organizing say a concert <laughs> you know like literally like how, how hollywood like says certain things and then they go like literally says they stand for something and then go make a movie about it for profit like literally Ooh. they're making fun of every single person so no like you guys are saying it's like <laughs> like a hit dog will holler like right yeah like to, i feel like they're they they i don't think they're seeing because i feel like they feel targeted but like everyone's being called out in this movie like there's not a person who's not being made fun of like even the protagonists they that's what i'm saying even the scientist is being made fun of because you you literally see somebody who has good intentions get consumed by fame and begins disregarding his morals like cheating on his wife and whatnot because he likes the fame and the attention right like it's literally making fun of everyone so and then like another question i had Marin kind of already answered it but like what did you get from the movie and was there anything you thought that was similar to real life i was going to start this off because not even just climate change this movie reminded me of what we're going through right now with covid mm-hmm. yeah that's what especially I like the too. whole part where the scenes of them like where had like just look up was trending and then don't look up was trending and people were like oh the comment's not real and blah 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 like it literally reminded me of COVID where people are like COVID is not real and then they catch it and they're like oh you guys should take this seriously yeah. like it, it reminded me of that a lot what about you Nia or Mary yeah. I was just gonna say oh, go ahead. it becomes a political agenda as this or that when it really comes down to just the safety of people yeah and yeah it's then everybody becomes divided and it kind of like we stray away from like what so we're supposed to do just like you said in COVID it's like wear masks or don't wear masks when the whole point is like we want you to wear masks for you to be safe and such yeah mm-hmm. and yep. I don't know yeah it just gets really tumbled up and we're like confusing once it becomes like this huge political agenda yeah y'all hit the nail on the head like this whole time I was thinking like if there was really a pandemic like twice the intensity of COVID, like black plague levels. Oh, we would God. see like people, you would see the, it, I was thinking like, this is what would happen. People would out here being denying. They would be out here saying, well, it's not real. And then politicians would be trying to make whole platforms off of it. Mm-hmm. Like it would just be people just being dummies and not trying to live <laughs> and save lives. Exactly. Just, like, and that's the crazy things. Like it's, it really comments that's why it's weird to me that people who are reviewers get mad. It's like they're commenting on all of humanity, like not just one group in humanity. It's like they're commenting that even when the going gets absolutely horrible, nothing will get done. Mm-hmm. And so this definitely reminded me of COVID and what we're going through now. And I can only imagine if like 
a worse situation were to happen, it would just turn into this of like social media and like celebrities doing fundraising concerts and then like <laughs> like right wing people saying making merch saying oh it's not real like it's it's just it's all to hit it hits home because this is what <laughs> we're dealing with right now. No, for real, the concert one really took me out for a second because I sat there and I said, "Oh my god, we would actually do this!" Like this is probably right? more realistic than some of the other parts in this film is this stupid concert <laughs> literally yeah that's why i was saying at first like this movie it's not straight up a comedy but yeah. if you watch it and you have like a level of understanding of so of certain social constructs that are happening right now it's like hilarious because it's like oh my god like this literally is shit that we would do people would literally live tweet as the comet is hitting the earth like Literally? OMG, LOL, sis, about to die. Like, is <laughs> giving launched when they did the launch challenge. I said, "Oh no, this is yeah. literally what people would do." Like that has like remember when people thought that we we're gonna have like World War Three, and then everybody was making jokes, making memes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Everybody's like all the all the women online were like, "Time to get back in the kitchen." I make sandwiches. I clean. I wait for my man at home, and I'm like, y'all. We, this why is everything see listen I get joking through trauma but like I can see to like this extent I could see it like if something really catastrophic people would just be online making memes making mm-hmm. jokes to like, the end yeah. <laughs> literally okay and so like the last question I have is like like out of 10 like what was your overall rating for the movie be I'd give it like an 8.5 yeah I'd give it hmm I might do the same. 8.5, maybe 8. Yep. Literally the same for me. Like, I'd give it, like, an 8.5 or 8 as well. Like, I thought it was, like, a really good movie overall. Like, that's why I said, like, once I looked to see what everybody else thought, I was kind of shocked that it had negative reviews in the first place. Because, like, I think when I read the overall critic consensus that the movie was, like, a 5 out of 10. And I was like, really? Like, a 5? Oh, Oh, wow. They are hurting. do something you want to get mad what oh of course <laughs> yeah. listen, but let it but listen they love a, they love movies that hit the same marks that they've been watching for 70 years but let something <laughs> teach them about climate change and then they start throwing up their hands like oh how dare you it's like come on yeah. they are hurting they are like i'm in this movie and i don't like it one thing i will say uh like uh, at least in regards to like the acting it felt like Jonah Hill's character was way more exaggerated than everybody else's. <laughs> yeah, like because yeah. everybody else, like they they played like a funny character kind of, but they weren't like Jonah Hill was like on a he was on a parody level. Like he was legit. Yeah. He was like, oh yeah, this is a parody. I'm about to do my thing. And I saw like, oh. something that said I think it was a scene when they first meet Jonah Hill's character and Meryl Streep's character in the Oval Office. Yeah, that that scene was a apparently like maybe six or ten minutes long because jonah hill and meryl streep's character were just doing off script just going what's it called um improvising um, improvising, improvising yeah. they were going but um leonardo dicaprio's character and jennifer lawrence's character were there to like bring it back to the serious seriousness but when it cut to them they were just going wherever they could go and i wonder if that's what added to his character being 
a so little extra. Bit. Yeah, because mm. when we first saw him, he, oh my god, he was so rude to Kate's character. <laughs> like he's like, oh yeah, what do we have to pee? He's like, oh yeah, I'll give you like some newspapers and you yeah. know some air freshener. Yeah. And he's like, I put oh. the bag over your head. Yeah, I was gonna say that. He was like, oh yeah, the FBI. Asshole. You know, they don't do the whole bag thing. That's the CIA. But I asked him to do that because it was funny. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and when he laughed at her crying. I was right. like, oh, I'm sorry. You just look so ugly when you cry. Like, <laughs> like he's get this man out of here. Like, he he's so funny, bro. He's actually so funny. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, that is pretty much our recap and review of Don't Look Up. Um, tell us what you think about the movie as well. You know, you can definitely leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. We like to hear from you guys. Or on Twitter at Commented. The same thing on TikTok. Leave us a rating on Spotify also because they do have a rating system now. I see we have like a five-star review from somebody. I can't tell how many people it oh, is yay. though because I don't have access to that. But yay. Thanks to whoever did that. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, and if you also, if you have, like, anything you want us to watch or any suggestions, you can also contact us, contact us once again on our social media platforms. Uh, thanks again for listening. I don't know what the next thing that will come out will be. I actually don't know when this is going up. I think it'll be, like, <laughs> February, Probably, but yeah, I don't know yeah, what's before February. it. Yeah. Probably but, Peter Pan, I think. Oh, true. Yeah. It might be before or after Peter Pan. Yep. But yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.